Maybe. Hi, everybody. Hi. <laughs> so we have some bad news. We have a huge announcement for you guys. This is actually our last episode. Episode number 125. We made it this far. In effect. Yes. Effect, a retail podcast. Thanks for hanging out with us today. I'm your host, Meredith. And I'm your host, Cass. Let's have some fun. Now that we have your attention, we're not done yet. We're just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> we got you. But we need your help. We need your help. We need your help. You can stop crying now. <laughs> we need your help. So I was looking at our numbers the past few weeks and uh-huh. look over year over year and yeah. month over month, and our numbers are not very good. So we need your help. We need you to share our shit, SOS. Share our shit. And tell all your friends, like, turn to someone right now that you're sitting next to. I don't care if you're on a train, plane, automobile, and say, have you heard of the Clopin Effect podcast? I'm sure it's because of the summer, back to school, all that fun stuff. But we need your help because we cannot get sponsors if our numbers are diving. So... Help us out, guys. Come on. We've been making you laugh for like two years now. <laughs> um, if you also want to support us, go to Zazzle, right? Yes. Buy go our merch. To, yeah. Buy some merch because then you get something back. Like it's, you know, if you go on our website, we have like tips where you can, you know, just send us five bucks or send us 10 bucks. We've had some great people send us money for coffees. Nice. Um, but, you know, if you want to do that, that would be super helpful. And then it gets our numbers up. It shows that, you know. We have supporters. We have supporters. And you get it like a t-shirt or something. Yeah, right. I think that's the best. Like, Zazzle, go on Zazzle. Yeah. We'll send you business cards <laughs> to hand out. Go buy a so, t-shirt. So, yeah, so think about it. Or um, we have Venmo. If you want to send us a buck or two, that is yes. super helpful. It pays for the gas that Cass spends to Whatever. come over here. It pays for Meredith's time. I'm talking in third person. <laughs> So this is not our last episode. Happy t- 125. Yay. Yay. Hey, you know what else today is an anniversary of? What? Three years ago today, I clocked out for the last time at the <gasps> place that we met. Wow. Yeah. No kidding. Yep. Congratulations. Yep. And I never looked back. Oh, three years three already. Years. Yeah. Holy cow. It's wild. Amazing. Yeah. Wow. So on that note, speaking of three years ago, let's talk about like hundreds of years ago. Hundreds? Yeah. So I sent you- We weren't alive. (laughs) Feel like it. We're not that old. My body aches like it was. (laughs) So I, um, actually I posted on Sunday and meant to send you what I'd like to talk about today and forgot. So I sent it to you this morning. You sent it to me today. That's perfectly fine. Perfect. Just enough time. I was like- (laughs) Yes. Yes. Sounds great. That's always though. You send it to me and I go, yes. 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 (laughs) There's been a few times where you write back and we have to talk about what I just saw. Yes, exactly. Because it's fresh in my eyeballs. That's how we do it. Somehow just over the weekend I go, oh, yep, that's it. That's what we're going to talk about. And I send it to you and you think about it and you always bring, bring your A game. So it's so, so exciting. So what I wanted to talk about is, so I went to the store, I grabbed what I wanted. I was a little bit PO'd because- there was one thing that I couldn't find. And I get home. I was making peach pie because we have peaches. Oh, yes. We have a peach tree. And I was making a peach pie and I needed something. I can't remember. I don't know what it was. But um, 
And I got home and I thought to myself, what did they used to do back in the day? Right. <laughs> if they wanted to make a pie or make dinner for their family and something was out, they couldn't find it in the well, market. Yeah. Or they couldn't find it. And in my mind, I went, they couldn't find it in the grocery store. But really, they didn't have grocery no. stores. They had markets and they had um, just small little they mom and pop grew. shops. They grew. And right? they lived on farms. They so had I'm, their cellar. Yeah, their they did. Cellar. Almost everyone probably has seen a Disney movie. Yes. And like Aladdin or something like that. You know, they walk through the market. So if you picture that, that's what they used yeah. to do many, many years ago. Yeah. So I, I asked myself and I asked Google in the 1800s or the 1700s, what did they eat? What did they make? They did have three meals a day because yeah. obviously they were hard workers. They needed yeah. to uh, stay f- you know, full. So it was mostly fruits and vegetables. Yeah. And, um, you know, anything that could be grown on the farmstead. And they also processed meats such as poultry, beef, and pork. So that's what they did. How did they process it? I mean, bacon, but I guess cure it. So yeah, they would actually have a big tub of salt and they would, cause they didn't have freezers back right. then. So if you killed something, you had to process it immediately or they would throw it on salt and cover it in salt and it would keep it. So basically like beef jerky. Yeah. So I, That's I'm, wild. I'm only, I'm only guessing. I don't know this. And if anyone lived in the 17 or 1800s, let us know. But <laughs> it, was it like tough meat then? Was it tough Probably. unless you cooked it yeah. that night? Yeah. So, and then obviously chickens, turkeys, yeah. that could be, you kill it in the afternoon. I'm and thinking you, because like with your peach tree, so they would be like, all right, the peaches are ready. And they would start canning the shit out of peaches. Yeah, like right? immediately. Yeah. Like now's the time. Yeah. Like we have our peach picking weekend and that was this past weekend and actually i looked out at the tree now there's even more we had some rain all day and there's so much you're gonna have to grab some it was a good rain day today it was a great it was a relaxing rain day except the traffic was terrible oh yeah because people don't know how to drive they acted like it was snow and ice or something yeah well they're doing 45 45 miles an hour on 90 yeah give me a break (sighs) stay off the road (laughs) and turn on your damn headlights so back in the day, people had seasonal diets. Yes. Um, in the spring and summer months, it was more fruits and vegetables. In the winter, yeah. you know, in, and in the fall, it would be more meat. So Meat and I potatoes. Just, yeah, and right. corn and beans yeah. obviously were common. Um, and then cows provided the milk and butter. And, and beef in the south where cattle were less common. Venison and other game yeah. provided meat. So probably, well, I don't know. Was wild boar really crazy back then? It may, it's not mentioned here, but probably I would say probably. Probably not because I think that was introduced probably within the last hundred years. Yeah. You know, I have something I'm going to say. I was reading through all these articles and I realized that we really are creatures of habit and nothing really has changed. No. It really hasn't changed no. because it says, you know, people were asking questions. You, know, you can get all of this on Google just so you know. So if you look up like a typical breakfast in the 1800s or what did people eat in the 1700s or where did they shop and they mention things, it's all the same stuff that we yeah. have now. Yeah. Um, like they say before cereal, um, breakfast would be like eggs, pastries, pancakes, sometimes even oysters, boiled chickens, Ew, and beef steaks. Ugh. <laughs> I don't know. You know, and that's just what's bred into us, right? Right, right. I don't want to eat oysters for breakfast, but if that's all available, that's available, I guess that's what you're going to do. Right, and it depends on where you lived, I'm yeah. sure. Um, I also was reading that they would have dinner at 3 p.m., and I thought, wow, is that early? But if we are talking farmers... And we're talking people that live, you know, work on the land. Yeah. They're up by yeah. four or five. Dinner yeah. is three. Yeah. And then they're going to bed at six or seven. Yeah. Yeah. And they got to get up and milk the cows. Yeah. And then I was thinking maybe no 
electric, so you just no. you sleep yeah. when it gets dark. Right. You know, you had your candles. I, I think everyone's seen a Jane Austen movie. They walked yeah. around with candles. <laughs> <laughs> if you didn't go watch like Pride and Prejudice or something, they walk around with oh, candles. So funny. But yeah, and then they said that poorer families actually ate more carbs because it was less expensive, yeah. right? Like bread, potatoes, porridge meals. So I always thought my dad's mom was from like the South South, like Arkansas oh, or something, but yeah. she's from West Virginia, which is still South. That's like the Appalachians, I believe, is yeah. West Virginia. Um, but she taught my mom how to make beans and cornbread and biscuits and gravy and, you know, stuff so like good. that, Southern stuff. Yeah. So anytime we would have beans and cornbread for dinner, the next morning we would take a piece of cornbread and like, you know, break it up and put milk and sugar on it. Oh. So that was like our breakfast cornbread. So good. Yeah. And I still make ham and bean soup all the time. Kevin knows. I always let him know when I make some, try to get him some. You came over once and I taught the kids how to do uh, biscuits and gravy. Biscuits and, yeah, I remember yeah. that. I had to work, but you I've came taught over. everybody I know how to make biscuits and gravy <laughs> that wants to learn. <laughs> so I also was wondering about like healthy diets, because that certainly sounds like if you're just eating a lot of meat or a lot of carbs, depending upon what you were doing, or a lot of fish, depending upon where you lived, who was the healthiest? And they said the Victorians. So I the just Victorians. looked up the year, which is 1837 to about 1900. Um, because they ate much more nutrient-rich foods that con- and consumed far less sugar and processed okay. foods. So now I'm wondering if that was pre-chocolate and pre-sugar cane and right. pre- I don't know. Um, it, yeah, it doesn't well, say here, but that's very interesting to they me. They say, you know, a lot of people that died from famine, right? Yeah. They starved to death, basically. Mm-hmm. And that was, you know, they had the the bad flu back in like the 1800s, I think the Spanish flu. Mm -hmm. And they said a lot of people died because they got sick with the flu, but because their diet was so poor, Mm. right? They only had potatoes and bread. They didn't get all the nutrients their body needed. So when they got infected, it hit them hard, you know? Yeah. Makes sense though. Yeah. Um, Rich people, in the 1700s, would eat roast or meat pie, porridge, pudding, salad, bread, ale or cider, fruit tarts, and other desserts. Well, they didn't drink the water because they were pouring their pee and poo in the water. Oh, yeah. So you you had had to turn it into a Didn't the 1700s, like, have a lot of disease, though? Like, chloral, chloral, how do you say that? Love in a time of chlorilla. Cholera. Cholera. Is that what it is? Yeah, is that what you're trying think to say? Of the word. And like, I don't even know. Scarlet fever. And I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, we work retail. We don't know all this stuff. Only the rich people <laughs> survived because they had their ale and their pudding. So I also wanted to mention that back in the day, that was what we posted. Um, they weren't called grocery stores. Uh, grocery was actually the term for like a bar. Oh, really? Like a drinking establishment. Huh. So for all of you that work grocery, I'm giving you permission to drink because (laughs) this is what it used to be called. Okay. You would go to a grocery establishment to to have a drink, which means like tavern or saloon or something like that. So So I don't know if you remember, I'm pretty sure I told you and Bessie about the dream that I had 
that I was working the service desk and it was a bar also. That's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. I think the first time I went into the stores that we're in now and I watched a woman make her salad at the salad bar and she was holding a glass of wine. I said, this is for me. Yes. These are the stores for me. Yeah. Because they have a bar there. They got bars there. Yeah. So going back to their roots. Yes. So the grocery was the tavern or saloon meant for drinking. General store was what they called. Yes. Yes. And it really did have everything, right? It did. You could buy your food products, but you could also buy like fabric or boots or saddles or blankets or stuff like that. They always carried staple foods like milk and bread and then like household goods like hardware. Electrical yeah. supplies, anything else. Not well, later electrical supplies, but yeah. yeah. Probably candles. Yes, electrical <laughs> candles. <laughs> the everlasting candles. Tea and coffee yeah. was very oh, popular. Oh, gosh, because you got to have your coffee. Yep, 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 yep. Uh, they said coffee, produce, cheeses, and candles in the 1700s. So, you know, it's amazing because we go to all these places and we buy this stuff and, you know, we find a new scent or whatever. Ooh, it's new, it's new, it's new. Nothing's new. Nothing's new. Nothing. It's been around for hundreds yes. of years. I think that was the reality of the research I was doing this weekend. Yeah. Like, wow, yeah. this Nothing's is all new. beans have been around, yes. you know, corn's been around. Yes. We talk about being in cornfield lands and I, I joke around about it, but it's been here forever. Yes. Yeah. Crazy. Maybe they switch it out with soybeans every once in a while to give the the soil some nutrients. Yeah. 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 So very interesting. Yeah, It's crazy. I was going to say something I forgot. <laughs> I like I was doing all this research and I was finding all this stuff and I'm just like this is great and then I'm like oh we're only 15 minutes in oh we must be done we must be live because I cat's got my tongue (laughs) um well thanks everybody talk to you next week (laughs) just kidding this really is our last show bye (laughs) um so beans and cornbread. I really thought that was going to be a lot longer. So talking about like the 1800s, that's like when the cowboys were around. Oh, yeah, yeah. All right. Now you say that and I immediately think of blazing saddles when they're sitting around the fire and they ate too many beans. I love that movie. Oh, so great. You know what? All you youngins out there, go give Blazing Saddles a watch. Oh, gosh. You may be a little offended by it, but it's all going to be offended by it. You know? Yeah. Things were allowed back then, a little, so, little more than they are now. So they had the chuck wagon, right? Mm. And that was, it would come around and bring groceries when you were on the road. Ooh. And they had, um, so they called it grub or chow, um, canned and dried fruit, overland trout, in quotations, and that's bacon. Oh. Overland trout, beans, fresh meat, soda biscuits, tea, and coffee. Breakfast might include eggs or salt pork. Mm. And then for dinner, they would have like roast beef, boiled potatoes, beans, brown gravy, light bread or biscuits, and coffee. So they drink a lot of coffee. Yeah. Um, occasionally they would get dessert, which would be stewed, dried fruit, spice cake made without eggs or butter, dried fruit pies, or spotted pup, which is rice and raisins. 
Rice and raisins. Yeah, like raisin, uh, rice pudding, raisin rice pudding. Oh, yeah, that sounds good. I like rice pudding. Um, so the chuck wagon had staples on it like flour, sourdough, salt, brown sugar, beans, rice, cornmeal, dried apples, peaches, baking powder, baking soda, coffee, and syrup. Who discovered baking soda? So while you're looking that up, I have something, and I, I don't know if it's the oldest, because we're talking about just 1700s, but archaeological evidence. It turns out that the very first bowl of soup was cooked in 20,000 B.C. What? what? And became part of the everyday menu for as early as 6,000 B.C. After the invention of clay pots and bowls, making soup was easy. It became a part of cuisines all over the world you because can, do you, you can see this. that like a lot of like asian cultures they do make that soup in that clay pot on yeah. the stove amazing and then they serve it right out of there and it like comes to the table like boiling and they start eating it and i'm like <laughs> what the hell <laughs> it reminds me of a hot soup lady we had at the restaurant she would want her soup boiling oh my gosh according to archaeologist john speth an h an ancient neanderthal relatives mm. Our ancient Neanderthal relatives, that's a lot of big words for me today, <laughs> were likely to have begun boiling meat to render fat from the animal bones, resulting in a meat broth okay. that they then would drink as soup. Mm, meat broth. Yeah, I mean, still today, bone broth. Bone meat broth, broth yeah. yeah. Beef broth. But there's nothing new. We have yeah, nothing no, new. No, there is nothing new. There's the nothing only new. thing that people can come up with new is like deconstructing it. Right. Yeah, right. Like right, a lot right, of places right. deconstruct it. Yeah. Okay, so 1791, French chemist Nicolas LeBlanc produced sodium carbonate, also known as soda ash. And then in 1846, the introduction of baking soda, a salt that can react with an acid to create carbon dioxide, made things easier. Also, I Googled what was baking soda originally made for. Um so 1843, Alfred, Alfred Bird, a British chemist, makes the first form of baking powder in an effort to alleviate ailments with his wife's allergy to yeast. Oh. It was not until three years later that baking soda became a widely named became widely named when Arm and Hammer Company began marketing baking soda to the masses. Wow. So but how did they figure out to like cook with it and it would and it would make cakes rise. Right, you know what I mean? Right. That's wild to me. So you're going to know this. Baking soda makes it rise. What does baking powder do? I think that leavens. Okay. Okay. Does that make it even? Sure. You would rise? know more than me because you're very good at that I'm kind of stuff. I'm just guessing. I'm over that. here Googling who created burritos. <laughs> And I'd I like, have an answer. I'd like more information on this, please. <laughs> I don't know anything about baking. I, although I did, my peach pie turned out okay. <laughs> a very persistent theory alleges that the inventor of the burrito was a man named Juan Mendez, who sold tacos in the city of Ciudad um, during the Mexican Revolution. And so then what? In 1910 oh. <laughs> to 1920. <laughs> According to that story, Mendez rode around on a donkey and wrapped the food in large flour tortillas to keep it warm. I want to make flour tortillas, side note. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And I think you need baking powder for that because you want them to stay flat. You don't want them to get all big and bubbly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Give me another food. Who created? 
Who created Who created flour? Okay. That's like a staple in every kitchen. How did they create flowers? Yeah. How, okay. Super great question. About 32,000 years ago. Oh my God. Humans were thought to make flour for the first time. It is said that the people in the southern part of Italy began to make flour using homemade tools as well as combination pestle and grinders. Okay. Crazy. Yeah, and then, you know, they figured out to take some of that and take some other stuff and make bread. Yeah. You know, because sometimes I do look at foods and I'm thinking, who in the hell thought, okay, let's go back to, what did you say, oysters for breakfast? Yeah, 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 yeah. Or clams, whatever. Who looked at that and said, you know what, I'm, I'm going to eat that and see if it's any good. Yeah. Don't know. That's insane. It says grains have been ground to make flour since the Roman times. Yeah. So. And, you know, I'm kind of even before then, if you Google some of this while you're listening to us, there are a few different years in here and a few different areas. I think it's just because we really don't know. We don't. 30,000 years ago was a long time, you know, so thank goodness we still do the research to try and figure that out. I feel like the T-Rex was still around 30,000 years ago. (laughs) You know how like at the carnival they have the horses go in the circle? Yeah, yeah. Or they used to grind stuff. They probably, I'm sure there's still some cultures that do. That was the T-Rex's job. He he just went in the circle and ground the stuff oh, in the wow. middle. Yeah. When you think of wine, which state in the United States do you think of? California. Georgia is generally considered the cradle of wine, as archaeologists have traced the world's first known wine creation back to the people of the South Caucasus in the 6000 BC era. Wait, but that's Georgia the place, not Georgia the state. Right, correct. In the United States. I did say United <laughs> States, didn't I? I'm sorry. Because I the was going to say, I said. what state comes to mind when you think of cheese? Wisconsin. It's not. It's California is the number one producer of cheese. Really? Isn't that crazy? That is crazy. I mean, maybe not anymore. I learned that a long time ago. I'm sure the science has changed. Again, wine was created 6,000 BC ago. But then again, if we watch like all of the different movies, they show them always drinking wine. Yes. So they were always stomping on grapes. Yeah, like they were... Uh... <laughs> I'm sorry, I just got an email from my boss, and it was funny. It just says, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> I knew he would think that was funny. I knew it. Anyways, yeah, even the Romans were drinking wine. Everybody drank wine. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's funny because we were just talking about the Victorian people, like, putting their pee and poo in the water. But, like, even the Romans knew not to do that. The Egyptians knew not to do that. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. where did we, like, lose that? <laughs> And I saw a TikTok the other day, and this guy was like, oh, okay, clearly he's British. And he's like, oh, give me a cheeseburger as big as my head. I'm an American. And then an American stitched it, and he goes, oh, let me murder the whole world for their spices and then not even use them. Because British food is like beans on toast. (laughs) (laughs) I always see people saying that, like, the British act like they're still at war. Like they have to like ration out their potatoes and beans and toast. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Can you imagine eating uh, beans every day? I, you know, I mean, if it's what, what you grew up on. That's you know. true. And your body would be used to it. Yeah. Like my thought now, if I ate beans like every day, my yeah. body would just yeah. pass away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> From you know, gas. I, I feel like it's all in how you cook them. Like the, we're okay. thinking like, you know, baked beans that come in a can. Bush's baked beans that come in a can. (laughs) 
that we eat for a barbecue. Yes. You know, we're like, I feel like they're, you know, because like a lot of Hispanics eat beans every day. Oh, true. You know, and, and their beans are good, you yeah, know? Yeah. So, yeah. I don't, I've never had, you know, I know Heinz makes a can of beans that's, I'm assuming is pretty popular in like Britain. Like, is it the teal can? Yes. Okay. Right? Everybody's yeah. seen it on social media yeah. and stuff. So I don't know. I've never tasted it. Maybe mm. it's really good. Maybe we're totally missing out on a great thing because we're just making fun of them all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I when I dated this one guy, his dad would make homemade refried beans, and I wish I knew how to do it. Oh. And I would literally just take a scoop on a tortilla and roll it up and eat it, and it was the best thing ever. So, I mean, honestly, we could really be missing out on something. Yeah, yeah. Um, how about who cr- who invented sugar? Since they talk yeah. about how it didn't. So we talked about how it was many, many years ago that they didn't have sugar. They had like the high, high fat right. um, diet and such. The first chemically refined sugar appeared on the scene in India about 2,500 years ago. Jeez. Yeah. From there, the technique spread east towards China and west towards Persia. 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 And the early uh, Islamic worlds, eventually reaching the Mediterranean in the 13th century. Well, you got, you know, my grandma always says like, Europe and stuff has great antiques because they've been around for hundreds of years, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The United States really hasn't been around. I mean, it, the United States as it is now has not been a, around a long time. We don't have antiques like other old world countries do. Yeah. You know, because we just came over here and colonized and stole all the land from the poor Indians and burned all their shit down <laughs> and gave them smallpox. Sure. <laughs> God. <laughs> Sugarcane was brought to the Americas in the 15th century, arising, arriving first in Brazil by way of Portuguese traders. Okay. The first sugarcane planted in the New World was a gift from the governor of the Canary Islands to Christopher Columbus. Oh, see? But have you ever seen them plant rice? It's insane. I, I have not. Tell us about no? it. No? It's like they have to pull up the little green plants and then they, like, flood it, and then they put them all back in, like, each grain of rice. I don't even understand how it's done. I've never had it fully explained to me or looked it up, but it's a lot of back-breaking work. Mm. And you figure, and then you've got, like, these 50-pound bags of rice. Like, how? <laughs> it's right. so little. Yeah, yeah, right. I don't know. I'm sure a lot grows on a plant, and I'm just crazy. I don't know, you know? <laughs> I know nothing about it. So <laughs> uh, it says many scholars now accept that the I'm gonna say this wrong because that's how I am. Yangtze River. Okay. So it's Y A N G T Z E. So Yangtze River sure. area I, in yeah. China is the place where rice was originally domesticated as a consequence of these new findings. That's where it originally came from, supposedly. But how did you allegedly? Know, I mean, obviously. Everything was on the earth before we were. Right. This was like 10,000 years ago, it's saying. But like I said, then again, how how did people find out how to utilize that? I Okay, so I was just talking about this the other day. Inventors, right? Yeah. So people who invent things. It blows my mind yeah. how, how people have such an imagination throughout their life into adulthood. They don't get sucked into working a nine-to-five, I guess. Mm-hmm. Something, you know. And they invent these things like helicopters, airplanes, like a guitar. I'm looking around your basement. Yeah. (laughs) A record player. You know what I mean? Like, 
who the hell thinks of this stuff and just keeps trying until it works? Like it's, it blows that like it blows my mind. Yeah. I just can't have a concept. Well, I'm not smart enough to think about anything. Like I'll go and say, man, I wish someone could invent that for me to make it easier. And then like a year later, I'm like, oh yeah, I probably could have thought of that and invented it. (laughs) But you didn't, you missed out on your millions. You know, when the kids were younger, we went to a birthday party and they put candles on the cake. And I think it was like a three-year-old and they went and grabbed the candle and they aren't chewed in it. Ate it? Ate the candle. And I immediately thought, what? Why, why aren't candles edible? Why aren't they like the waxy, you know, like the lips, the lips. that you used to have? Yeah. So I worked with someone that was a, like a creator of this kind of stuff or not really an inventor, but it was like a business. And I said, this is what I would like to do. And I had to draw out a whole diagram and write it all. And, and psh, this was so many years ago, like I was mailing it. And then you would mail it to yourself to copyright it that you oh, invented yeah. this. And so... Um, it, then, then finally they wanted like $2,500 that I didn't have oh my God. to start the process to of it. it and everything. So that if someone, so you, if, if like, if a three-year-old bit into the candle, it would be like wax. You wouldn't really have to worry about it. It'd be like chewing wax sort of, you know, and it wouldn't be toxic, but I don't think ta- candles are toxic as it is. I don't think so either. But I, I remember going through that. I'm like, these, what is happening? Who invented like, wax? I don't candles. know, but I do want to talk about a f- <laughs> We're going to look that up. But I do want to talk about who invented a freezer because you were asking how they preserved the meats. Yeah. And they were talking about how they laid it on salt. But the first look at like a modern refrigerator was in 1913 um, when Fred W. Wolf of Fort Wayne, Indiana, invented a unit that was mounted on top of an ice box. Okay. But I'm sure they had ice before that ice boxes yeah yeah right the but, ice man would come and give yeah. bring you a chunk of ice and you would put it in the side panel and then it would keep your food cold in the fridge yeah and then like a more modernized domestic freezer was from ge in 1927 yeah. you got to think so. my great grandma i think was born in 1915 you know and yeah. i was lucky enough to know her for a good chunk of my life she only passed away i guess maybe 13, 14 years ago. And just to hear her talk about like, oh, and then, you know, somebody got a car in the neighborhood. Oh, man. And then, you know, and then we could finally afford to get our colored TV or a TV at all, you know. Her rent was like 20 bucks a month. They Hmm. made 13 cents an hour. Right. (laughs) It's crazy. So you said who invented wax or who started yes. wax? Yes. So there's a couple of different things here. So first it says, if you ask who started wax, it says the ancient Egyptians were the first to wax. Like the ancient Egyptians saw smooth and hairless bodies as beauty. Oh. So wax was made with a sticky mixture made of oil, honey, and sugar that okay. was applied to the body and then stripped away. Do you then, know, hold on. Mm. Do you know how the Indians shaved their armpits? The American Indians, no. the Native Americans, they didn't shave them. They took clamshells and tweezed the hairs. Nope. No, thank you. I would rather have long hair. <laughs> I'm a wimp when it comes to that kind of I stuff. I know. Tweezing hurts so bad. Dude, can you imagine? That's a lot of hair it's under your lot. arms. Yeah. Ooh, that makes it yeah. hurt. It's going to hold Because my do you ever notice in, in movies, like Indians, Native Americans, always have very long hair, but they're basically hairless on the rest of their body. Yes, yes. And I don't know if that's true. My mom always said that the Native Americans believed that their hair was a connection 
to the energy of the earth, and that's why they didn't cut it. Oh. But then why would they get rid of, like, all their other hair? I don't know. I don't but know. they had beautiful bodies, too. I mean, well, you'd probably want to show because that Because they ate healthy. Yeah. Yeah. And they rode horses and stuff. Uh, when was wax invented? In the 1820s, a French chemist discovered how to extract steric acid. Okay. Steric acid from animal fatty acids. Oh. This led to the development of sterin wax, which was hard, durable, and burned cleanly. That makes sense. Yes, yes, it does. And that was in the 1820s. Okay. Okay. Perfect. So I guess the whole point of this episode is to appreciate what you have. Like when you switch your light yeah. switch on yeah. and your whole room lights up. Yeah. You don't need wax, even though we do burn candles. But you people, don't need it to see. People also wax. <laughs> and they also wax. A few of you need to do it a little more. <laughs> but the next time you just go to the grocery store and, like me, you're angry because you can't find something, maybe go across to your land and see if you have it. <laughs> go to the farmer's market. They yeah, go to the it. farmer's market. Support your local markets you because they probably stores. have it. Yeah. yeah. Perfect. Yeah. So, I don't know. That was fun. That was good. I, I really thought that all, all this research that I did was going to last a lot longer. <laughs> that was like a quick 15 minutes. Then we were like, shoot, now what are we going to talk about? I love it when we just wing it. They're <laughs> usually the best episodes. So happy 125. Yay. Oh my gosh. It's crazy. Wow. Don't forget to go to Zazzle and order a t-shirt. Yeah, or we have all the links. If you just go on Facebook or Instagram, just go look at our link tree. It shows everything you can donate to us. You can buy some shit, share our shit, tell a friend. And we really, really appreciate it. It, it. it is You don't even know how much it helps us yes. when sponsors reach out and stuff. So it helps a lot. Thank you. Thank you. We'll talk to you next week. Bye. Still holding my armpits. I know, because you're thinking about <laughs> clamshells plucking your armpit hairs ah, out. Can you imagine every other part of your body? Hope for Ugh. This podcast is brought to you by Nametag Productions, LLC. Entire podcast, unless otherwise stated, written by the hosts. The Klopin Effect, a retail podcast. If we have to be all on this together, we might as well make it fun.